to a nerd show, nerd podcast radio. Podcast Radio. I'm your host, Special Mikey, and along with me is not Hindu Anthony. He had an emergency trip to Vegas, some, some kind of giant gambling convention, we don't know, but he's headed out there. He's probably going to go see some showgirls, maybe walk the strip, maybe get mugged. We'll find out. He'll be back very soon. But uh, with me is Super Vegan Brian. He's going to be Blue Man Group, Blue by Man Group. He's I don't know. Get, there's, a, there's a joke there. He's going he's gonna to get Blue Man Grouped. <laughs> He's gonna get Penn and Teller. To, I, I'm I'm out. I don't. I can't think of anything good. They're gonna Siegfried his Roy. That's an old one. That doesn't make any sense. Well, if you go I, by the well, if you go to the rumors, it makes plenty of sense. No, it still doesn't. You're using the names as verbs, and it doesn't make any sense. Shut up, Brian. <laughs> it makes sense if you want it to make sense, and you don't want it to make sense because you don't care. He's gonna get Cirque du Soleil. There we go. That's there the right go. one. That's the one no, we're hiding from. That is not what's going on. He was actually going to be on the show this morning, and he got super stuck in traffic because of a really, really bad car accident. So he was on the road all freaking night, and now he is sleeping. Passed out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, was, he was unable to be awoken. But yeah, so we'll miss him today, but we're going to have a good time. And by good time, what are we talking about today, Michael? Kids, gather on, sit down. I want to tell you about how we discovered... How I Met Your Mother. Oh, that was really clever. I was thinking about this since last night. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't lie. I cannot lie. You Said do pretty good impressions. Can you do a Bob Saget impression? There's shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if you know Bob Saget stand up, you're laughing right now. But I'm <laughs> yeah, sure a lot of our listeners look up Bob Saget stand up on YouTube. Yeah, the people who have no idea about his stand-up, they're just like, Danny Tanner doesn't talk like that. But yes, we're going to be talking about How I Met Your Mother today. I know this show went off the air three years ago, over three years ago now, because it went off the air in March of 2014. But this is a show that your host actually saw and really liked, and we never really got a chance to sit down like this and talk about it. So I think we're going we're gonna to try this out today, and it's going to be... Uh, I think really nice because there's stuff that I've always that you know, the mysteries and everything of the show is going to be great. But first, it's time for everybody's favorite game. What's nerdy with you? Where we share the nerdiest thing we each did this week and then we vote to see who won. You said your nerdy thing was yesterday and I want to hear it first. What was your nerdy thing? We went to try out and have lunch with one of our friends, with our friend Danielle. Uh, so we went and had lunch with her. and We sat down and we decided to go walk through the mall. Well, we found ourselves in the Disney store and they were having uh, one of their big annual price slash cut down things on their back wall. Like everything was like already really marked down. And then they were like, take another 25% off. And then I saw the Star Wars section. They had the uh, the full metal action figures that, for Rogue One in the blue box. Oh, and, no shit. Yeah. And they remember how they were originally like 26 bucks a piece. They were marked down to five ninety nine. Did you buy all of them? I only bought I bought the two that I actually wanted, and I'm so glad I got two because uh, we had Chirrut Imwi, the blind monk, and I got K2SO. Those were my two favorite characters, and those were the only two I really wanted. 
So Did they have the ray? Because I hear the ray is rare. Uh, in the red line? Yeah, they had a ray in red line. Oh, they don't have ray in blue? Uh, the ray was mainly the red box line. Oh, okay. I would have picked what you picked, too. Because, yeah, I, I mean, I could have got... I could have gotten all of them because they had the entire set. They had the Imperial pilot. They had the, what can I remember his name? Poe? No, not Poe. Uh, Kay's uh, friend, the guy who reprogrammed him. Uh, oh, God. Cass- Cass- Cassian. Cassian. Yeah. yeah. They, had, they had Jen. They had Cassian. They had the Imperial pilot. They had Chirut's friend, the guy with the basically chain gun blaster. Can't remember his name either. And they had black R2-D2. I think it really says something about that movie where you see Star Wars and you remember every single character's name. You see Rogue One and it's a little harder. Yeah, well, I th- well, it's easier to remember the names because we had Luke, Leia, and Han for three movies, and we had and we had Obi Wan for pretty much six. We had Anakin and Vader for three, respectively. So, I mean, the, the names were able to stick better, but we had these people for one movie and only the people who had like the greatest amount of screen time are the one are the ones that had the big, biggest impression are the ones we remember the best. I think with me, it was Chirrut and K2. Those were my two biggest impressions, but I got them. So I got both of those guys and then there was like, an, like another 25% off. So I paid like 480 for a piece for them. You know, your story has proof in it that it's way too early for us to be recording right now. You know why? Why? Because I said Ray, you said Redbox, and we were talking about Rogue One. Yep, and you went to Force Awakens. Yep, and neither of us caught it. And then we walked around the Disney store, and then I turned around, and my wife had found a costume for my daughter. What do you think the costume was? The BB-8. Nope, it was the Ray costume. Oh, cool. It was marked down from 60 to 20. Holy cow. What the heck is go? Are they going out of business? No, it's just this big event they have. Plus, they're the stuff that they're trying to clear out for like the new summer merchandise and the stuff that's going to be happening in the fall. Like they're trying to cut back on all the Force Awakens and Rogue One stuff so they can start bringing in Last Jedi stuff. And they're they have like last year's like beach towels on sale for like seven bucks, so they can bring in this summer's beach towels. And they're getting rid of a lot of the shirts that are going off of market. They're just doing this massive sale, and like a lot of their fifteen dollar dolls are like seven. Bucks. Boil it down. My nerdy thing is, I found I had my patience pay off on not getting the dolls when they were twenty six dollars a piece or twenty six dollars buy one get one, and I got my two the two dolls that I've been dying for dolls. Not dolls. They're action figures. I got my two the two action figures I've been dying to get for less than twenty dollars for less than ten dollars. What size are they? I think they're eights, if I remember right. So yeah, I think they're eights, but they're they got weight to them. But Brian. Enough about me and my my eclectic nerdy find. What's nerdy with you? I had my niece this week, Percy Smurf, Erica's daughter, and she is nine. One, I had made plans for what we we're going to do, but I decided it would be better if I included her in those plans. So I talked to her on the phone and I said, if you could do anything, what would you want to do? And she said, I want to go to a Pokemon tournament. Aw. Yeah. So I called the game shop and they told me Monday. So... I brought her over there to SoCal Games and Comics on Monday. She went to the Pokemon game, looked at it a little bit, complimented a, a couple people who were dressed up in Pokemon stuff on their clothes, saw the Warhammer 40k table and ran over to it, sat down and was mesmerized. She I was. was so proud. It was amazing. You know, her mother's probably going to murder you, right? Well, just because it's expensive. And I talked to her about that. I the the neat thing about it was as I walked away 
and just walked around the store, kept her in my peripheral vision, checked with the person running the shop at the time and made sure the people she was playing with were cool. And they were like, yeah, they're good. And the guy running the game is good with kids. So I watched her in my peripheral vision. And then I came back and she's asking detailed questions about the rules and understanding it. I can't follow that game. <laughs> I would have to be taught in half a day. So that was pretty cool. Well, I even remember what she was asking, too. She was asking how many points each unit cost. Oh, wow. That's that's a good question, especially for somebody her age. It's actually not the nerdiest thing we had. The, the, the nerdiest thing we did is we watched a Comics Explained video on Wonder Woman versus Batman. Wonder where, Woman. Where Wonder Woman was protecting a, a murderer from Batman. The murderer was a woman who killed three guys who kidnapped her sister and forced her into prostitution. Yes, I watched this with my nine-year-old niece. I didn't know it was going to be that deep and dark. Oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and I was worried. And after we finished watching it, she goes, I think Wonder Woman was right. Those three guys basically murdered her sister. <laughs> and, oh I, and I had to have a pretty advanced conversation about about how murder is always wrong and you have to face consequences even if you're doing it for revenge. And I called her mom almost immediately after and was like, I'm sorry, it was a mistake. And she's like, no, she's cool to handle stuff like that. And then later <laughs> that evening, I was talking to her about comics and she was talking to me about Teen Titans Judas Contract. And I was like, oh, have you seen that? Oh yeah, if you've seen that, you're good. Yeah, that's some that's some heavy stuff in that one. <laughs> yeah, we had a great time. The funniest thing that happened was is I go, your mom tells me you like comics. What's your favorite comic? And she goes, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And I'm like, whoa, there's some adult stuff in that. Wow. <laughs> She's advanced. She picked an Adventure Time comic though, so I didn't get her anything too heavy. Oh, that's good. Adventure yeah. Time's not really heavy. It's pretty good. I mean, they have some they have some themes in there that you're like, oh, man, that's depressing. But oh, yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. She told the person running that she likes Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And the, the look on that girl's face was priceless. She was like, <gasps> well, she's like, you, you read that? <laughs> oh, honey. No, that's that's actually pretty neat. So, you know what happens now, Michael? I think we vote, don't we? Well, I vote for myself. It, it figures you would. I'm gonna make a plea towards mine, though. I don't know we don't normally do this, but come on, think about it, man. I was able to I was able to have patience as a nerd and find the two action figures I've been dying to get on a steep discount, and I nerded out over it hard. And then I decided I was gonna dress my daughter in a Star Wars costume when she's two and doesn't know what she's doing, and my wife is allowing this. Now, if you fought in a brutal bidding war on eBay or something, I might think that was super nerdy. What if I added in, I, I punched the teller in the face when she said that I can only get one of the dolls? I, I would call that assault. I wouldn't <laughs> call that nerdy. <laughs> okay, good, because I didn't do that. I, I, I think, I think we're I'm supposed gonna to judge whose was nerdier, not whose was cooler. No, and it's, I it think is. I think mine was definitely nerdier. I, I And you've won before for influencing children, and I did that. I was really proud of myself. Yeah, I think I'm going to vote for you, too. Near you, because you're right. It, it, that it's not that it, we're not going for cooler, and I wasn't trying to say I was cooler. We're going for which one is nerdier. And you know, yeah, I found a deal, but you influenced somebody, and you helped them, and you showed them a, a comics explained episode of how a chick was forced into prostitution and murdered. Well, I talked to other parents about it after because I was really worried. 
they basically said that kids that age will just gloss over the words they don't understand. And I was like, all right. And I think that's pretty much what happened. She yeah. knew that they, they hooked her on drugs and then she died of an overdose. So she knew what that meant. So she was probably like, oh, that's sad. Yeah, but the 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 other stuff that was a little harder to explain, she just glossed over. So I was like, oh, okay. No, that's good. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to vote for you. Brian's the winner. Of course I am. You're still a terrible person. <laughs> Been working on that long? Since I was 12. <laughs> uh, I I, th- I tend to think I have a pretty good one, but then I'm like afraid to to actually like do it in front of people because then they're like because then I'm worried to be like what the hell was that? And if I tell them it was my my evil laugh, they're like eh, it was more like a pedo laugh. I, I yeah, don't share it. So so what are we talking about today? We we already said, but let's let's um, well as, as a staff, yeah. we're talking about. How I Met Your Mother, which is usually abbreviated down to H-I-M-Y-M. How would you pronounce that as like a word? Hymen? Oh, oh God, no. <laughs> We're just going to stick a say the letters. Well, That's no, horrible. you call it that because when someone binges it for the first time, you can say they broke their hymen. <laughs> Holy crap, you can. That's that's actually really cool. <laughs> What'd you do? Ah, help the kid here break his hymen in. Excuse me? You watched How I Met Your Mother? Oh man, I could get you in a lot of trouble if you don't if your friends don't understand the context. Don't let a kid watch that show. Oh god, it's no, not, not appropriate. Really. <laughs> no, no, no. Says the guy who just uh, I'm gonna let it go. As you should. We're gonna be talking about how I met your mother today. And the basic breakdown of the show or the summary, it was a sitcom from CBS that aired from like two thousand five to two thousand fourteen. And the series is about a guy named Ted Mosby and how he spends spends his twenties and thirties with his friends in Manhattan. But the whole framing of it is it's actually Ted telling his kids the events that led up to him meeting their mom. So you hear a voiceover the entire time. I, I actually wanna talk about this one aspect like right up front because it was it was like really weird for everybody and i think it caused people to be to not really fall into the show immediately but then like it was like a growing point the guy in the show that plays the basically the current time ted or story ted is different from narrator ted almost like what they did with wonder years because story because narrator ted is bob saget and the and um what was it josh radner Radnor, uh, Josh Radnor played uh, what, we're, what we'll call Story Ted. Yeah, Josh Radnor is an adult, and Bob Saget is an adult. Their voices wouldn't be different. <laughs> Wait, that's true, but I like to think that you know, as he got older, he smoked. He took up smoking again, and it really messed up his his lungs and his well, and his and his throat. So he's like, he just started sounding like Bob Saget for some reason. Well, when you got to the finale, it was Josh Radner, Ted, in old makeup, and it, it's not like they dubbed his voice with Bob Saget. No, okay, see, that was something from the finale that really upset me, uh, among the many, many other things. I'm pretty sure we can, we'll talk about it. Yeah, but, it, it should have been Bob Saget playing Ted at the end. Yeah, it, it should have been Bob Saget sitting there with peppered hair, and he's like, and that's how I met your mother. And then at the very the end scene where he's back outside the apartment, it should have been Bob Saget. But the fact that they did that, they completely retconned the entire series of Bob Saget explaining the events. Yeah, maybe it was one of those don't think about it too much things. So what were your first impressions of the show? My first time watching it was, I believe, season four. And I thought, holy crap, this is actually really funny. And it wasn't 
Neil Patrick Harris's character or Allison Hannigan's, it was Marshall. And I was like, he's just a big, dumb, goofy guy who's, you know, who's massively in love with this woman. And I thought it was great. And and that got me kind of got me coming back. And then it was just downhill from there because then I went on Netflix and I watched all the way back up to where we were. And then we watched it new every week. My first impressions were from the commercial. It came out in 2005 and I was still pretty freshly burned, freshly um, grieving of Buffy. So I saw Allison Hannigan was on a show and was like, no, that's going to be stupid. And just I didn't watch it. So I didn't actually start watching until about 2010. Wow. So you waited five. You waited five whole seasons. Yeah, I I don't think I watched it from the beginning for a little while after that. I think I like watched it from the middle and didn't understand a few things and then went back and finally watched the whole thing straight through. I think I've binged it three times now. Oh, you know what? It wasn't season four. It was season six. Sorry. I was looking at starting dates for shows yeah. in 2005. Yeah. Um, Supernatural started in the same year. Yeah, it, it started at the it started at the beginning of my senior year of high school. Oh, I fucking hate you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no. Okay. Side note for Supernatural. What really pissed me off was the show started my senior year of high school. And I waited till I think right before. No, it was right after Christmas break. I came back. I was like, hey, I've been watching this new show called Supernatural. It's really cool. Have you guys seen it? And all my friends who claim to be big TV buffs and big like, 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 just that like, like Supernatural buffs, like about like paranormal stuff and everything. And they're like, and kind of actiony shows and i'm like have you guys seen it like nope i haven't seen it nope i haven't seen it i was like ah man so i had nobody to talk about not talk to about it and then it wasn't until i was in college and we were on season six that people are coming up and like hey have you seen that show supernatural and i just like i was like yeah i've watched it since the beginning and when the third person came up out of my friends was like hey have you seen that show supernatural i was like motherfucker i was there from the beginning i'm deep cut you salute me motherfucker (laughs) it's because that's when people started watching it on netflix and i think with how i met your mother there's a similar point where like we talk about it like it was a show that ended ended a few years ago but it's still real fresh for a lot of people because people are constantly binging it on netflix for the first time and we live in a completely different world now than how tv used to be yeah like well, because I I see new I see I, I see people trying shows and stuff, or I or like a new show comes out and I talk about it to somebody, and they're like, "Yeah, I'll wait till it comes out on streaming, and I'll I'll just binge it." And how I met your mother almost seems like they knew a, that streaming was coming, because it, it yeah. really feels like a show that's worth binging. Yeah, it really bleed the stories really bleed it uh, one into another, and I think that's was one model that actually helped them survive a lot of things because they went there was like. In like 2009, there was like a, a holocaust for TV shows. Like shows were getting ripped apart, but they they made it. And it's I think it's because streaming services were becoming more viable. And the way the structure was, it was just you could watch an episode and an episode and an episode and an episode. You, they probably did. I, I really think the streaming services have really helped cultivate people actually still coming into it because I I remember they had decent numbers and everything that constituted them getting up to whenever the the streaming we'll call it a streaming boom happened. And then after that, it, they just exploded because people were like watching the old stuff to catch up. And then they were right on top of it. Now there's everybody sitting there talking about who they like, what's their favorite joke and everything. And it makes me wonder, Brian, what's your favorite? Who's your favorite character? Not what's your favorite character? Who's your favorite character? You know, it's it's kind of hard. I, I really like Robin. I really like Robin. Robin has been my favorite character since the beginning. I like how 
mysterious she is and how you get reveals about the character over the time i like the character that's kind of aloof and it, it and and she surprises you as the show goes on oh insanely so her character development was really good but also you find out like how her backstory varies a lot like she went from one extreme to the other basically because of her dad and it's really interesting well it's like you find out that she's a gun nut i mean they reveal that out of nowhere which you i find thought out, was great yeah they do that there's canadian and then you find out about her being a pop star in Canada, which it really tickled me because I remember those kind of pop stars that had videos like that. I, I like the joke about it being the 90s, but they had the 80s came late to Canada. I thought that was a funny joke. Oh, yeah. Our, our 90s was their 80s. But I also grew up with all those 80s references like the robots and the uh, yeah. the denim jacket. I, I wore a denim jacket all through like grade school and i wouldn't take that thing off in the summer oh i went to high school in the 2000s and i wore a denim jacket almost every day and i remember when people's hair was like that too oh my gosh well oh she was also on a kid's show don't forget that yeah that when you find that out and you find out about her and her friend and then they do the whole thing with the canada bar oh the um no she takes him to um he takes her to a minnesota bar and then they go to a, then she then she ends up finding a Canada bar. Yeah, the jokes in the Canada for like the people of Minnesota just like rag on Canadians because they're right over the border from yeah, them. Canadians are afraid of the dark. That's why it's daylight all the time up there. What about you? What's your favorite? <laughs> Mine's actually it's really hard for me because I, I there are times where I want to say Barney because he's just the one that gets into so much trouble and does stuff. But honestly, really, I think it's Marshall. Because he's just that big, goofy, lovable guy, and he's like, there's some things he's so innocent about and happy about, and um, then there are other times where it's just like, like the whenever he tells everybody he used to roughhouse with his brothers, and then they're like, and then they're like, oh yeah, okay, and then all of a sudden at the end you find out that there was like, literally them trying to kill each other. Oh uh, my god, that scene with the hot cocoa break, throws <laughs> frozen in his hot face. Cocoa. <laughs> He throws it in his face, and the whole time in the background is just a song, All Aboard the Murder Train. I have to say, I remember the line differently from the end of the episode, because it's like, he says something like, never mess with Marshall, that guy's crazy, and it's like, don't fuck with Marshall. <laughs> yeah, in reality, he's like, don't don't fuck with him. Because like, at the beginning of that episode, when they're talking about it, he's like, I, I used to fight with my brothers. And they're like, oh, yeah, okay. And then it shows him like, having a pillow fight, and they're like, oh, Coco break, and they sit down all cute and cuddly. And then at the end, and then it's like, the house is destroyed. There's a lamp swinging in the background, and they're all beat the hell up. And he's like, Coco break. And his brothers are both bigger than him. Because like Marshall's supposed to be like six four, and they're like he's the run to the family. So a little follow up question. Yeah. What character do you relate to the most? I always play this game with my friends, where you, it's like which character from How I Met Your Mother are you? Hmm. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a Marshall because I do see myself in Marshall a lot. What about you, Brian? Who do you see yourself in? Can you guess? Barney. Oh God! Wow, your opinion of me is is interesting. Is is legend wait for it dairy <laughs> no nah, i feel like ted i've always felt like ted like i've been in a lot of relationships and always kind of looking and you know now i found the one so i have to say that because heather listens to this but i'm being honest 
I can see you being Ted. You're you're extremely eclectic. And Ted is also the only really nerdy one out of all of them where Barney's kind of a fake nerd. He likes like the mainstream nerd stuff, uh, which is all right. But you're right. He is essentially a fake nerd. But I love the line about Star Wars that Marshall tells Ted. And he's like, she hasn't seen Star Wars, Ted. The only people in the universe who hasn't seen Star Wars are the people in Star Wars because they live them, Ted. They lived the Star Wars. I actually, I do relate to Barney a little bit because my hobby was magic when I was a kid. Isn't that, that was like something that was really surprising for me whenever he like started doing it a lot was I was like, damn, he's actually a really good magician. Well, Neil Patrick Harris is in the board of the Magic Castle. He's on the board? I didn't know. Oh, the Magic Castle? I didn't know that. Yeah. And he, he does, he, his favorite thing to do is like the big fancy props. He loves doing that kind of stuff with like the zigzag lady and stuff like that. Yeah, he well he he likes um like old time uh, stage magic. Yeah, like but you know Patrick Harris is like a legit magician. He can oh, he yeah. can pull it off. He's not just a guy who has the hobby of doing magic. Well, I, yeah, because you see his real personality peek through when he does magic in the show. I also relate to Barney in the big elaborate plans that take long amounts of time because I've I've done that my whole life where I like to take my time and come up with a plan to surprise a friend or or pull a prank on someone. Sending me a tripod, then after asking me why my why what phone I have, and then making me be paranoid for a day and a half. Well, or telling you about the twelve plagues of Brian. Oh gosh, I'm still having the nightmares. Yeah, I have the twelve plagues of Brian, the sixteen steps of revenge, the sixteen steps of a prank. I told I you want- what I did to Daniel, didn't I? Uh, no, but let me before you tell me. I want to say one thing. You need to like write these things down and put them out as books. <laughs> I have a name for my book. What is it? Cooking with scissors. Oh, good God. So Daniel, I found out him and his girlfriend were going to see Dawn of the Dead. And I snuck into the movie theater. I found out when they were going and I bought a ticket. I snuck into the theater behind behind him and sat down and just waited for a really scary scene and jumped up and grabbed him and made a zombie sound. <laughs> so I'm more proud of that prank than any prank I've ever pulled. You're 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 the devil, good sir. I always joke about the prank where I'm gonna like get him drunk and put a burlap bag over his head and send him on a train to Mexico. But I'm, I would I probably would never do that. I just like to joke about it. Don't you do? Is you get him really really drunk and then you take him to Vegas and have him wake up on the strip with a sign saying ha- saying half hallucinations of grandeur need money. And then you walk so, by and he goes, Brian, be like, how do you know my name? What's going on? So I I wanted to talk about our favorite moments on the show. For me. My absolute favorite moment on the show was right near the end of the show where Ted does a big, long speech to the crazy blonde girlfriend. What was her name? Janice? I, th- I think so. The one that was like super crazy. When she does a big, long speech about love and she he goes, she goes, cuckoo and throws the necklace over the, over the bridge into the water. I laughed oh, so yeah. hard when that happened. Oh, yeah, she's the one that calls him crazy because of the speech. Yeah, I remember that one. That was a good one. And she's nutballs. Oh, yeah. Well, I love the line he says at the end of the last episode when she's destroying all his stuff. And he's like, he says, you know, you always date the craziest person but right before you meet the one you're going to marry. And then I actually, I, then, they, then it hit credits. <laughs> and I sat there and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Because for me, that was, in, that was, that was very true. It's pretty true for me, too. Yeah. I, I would say that's true. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. That's all we're going to go. <laughs> what about you? You got any favorite moments? Um, for me, uh, they, they range all over. One of my favorite ones was whenever Joe Mangled name showed up. 
as Joe uh, Pantel, blah 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 blah. Yeah, he he showed up. Uh, I mentioned the episode before. He shows up at, and he pretends to be uh, down on his luck, borderline homeless, to trick Marshall into letting him see all their their legal plans for a lawsuit they're doing. I I just I thought it was great because he 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 was rolling like in D and D terms because he's a D and D guy. He was rolling natural twenties on on deception rolls that whole time. I like that kind of thing too. I I love cons and and heists and stuff like that. So I love stories that when they kind of take the veil off and they show you what was really going on but that, that being said almost anything that was like really heavy barney episodes because like he he's the king of the long of the long con like when he thought his mom was dying so he made a fake girlfriend and she got better and instead of coming clean with her he's like we're married we now have a kid <laughs> do you have any favorite romantic moments on the show do you want me to share mine so you have time to think about it yeah, go ahead, because there's a few things, and it's really hard to try and think of one specifically. Well, mine is Ted's rain dance. Yeah, so Robin wouldn't go on the camping trip. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. And um, Amy Acker was in that one, so anybody who plays the Amy Acker drinking game, time to drink. That's true. I think mine is when Lillian Marshall finally got married. That was good. Well, I actually saw that episode before I saw the episode where they broke up. Oh, really? So yeah, I didn't like, know anything hell? about the breakup. Yeah, so that whole thing was a lot. There were so many twists and turns on that show. It, honestly, a lot of the real life stuff, like the breakups and the friendships and everything, that's what really grounded the show and made it feel uh, real. Like this is something that could actually happen to a group of friends because there's one episode or actually several episodes where something uh ted and rob ted tells robin that he still cares about her and she shoots him down and he says at the end of the episode and i wouldn't see robin for a long time like we wouldn't see each other for a long time and then they actually had like i think it was like a good four episodes or more where all the scenes are with ted and robin separate like you don't see them in a scene together for a long time unless it's a flashback they did that to hide the actress's pregnancy exactly yeah. Plus, she was not going to be on. Was wasn't that around the time she was going to be on the in the first Avengers? I don't. You know, it it might have been. I'm not sure. It might have been when they were filming it. Yeah. So, but yeah. So they she would show she was showing up very minimally in in scenes and stuff, and then they did flashbacks to show her more. But she wasn't around a lot, which I thought was really neat. Because I, I mean, even though it was for like pregnancy and also for the show for the movie i believe that's not a, a concrete thing it, it, it for me that that actually grounded uh, a lot of reality for me for those listeners who know discuss it on the forums we've been getting a lot of great corrections lately thanks everybody yeah thank you this has actually been really nice it, but one one question i uh, that that does come to me and i and because uh, you posted it is something I, I actually didn't even think to ask which is What's one of your favorite Barney schemes? Because he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of good ones, uh, especially ones that involve him trying to correct the bro code. I have two. I have one that just kind of hits my heart really hard. When Barney they they show that every time the conversation got hard about when Lily broke up with uh, Marshall, that Barney would leave, and it shows that he went to San Francisco to get to and bought her a plane ticket to come home and they didn't oh, reveal yeah. it till way later yeah he went he every time they they were having a heavy talk about the breakup he would go to san francisco and be like come back yeah and then the well he only went there once yeah 
But that's what I mean. Yeah. The um the one and but the that that he didn't even want him to know that he did that. That was kind of cool that he didn't even want credit for it. It, yeah, it, which I it like. showed that Barney's whole thing was just an act. Well, yeah, he's I mean, he, he was a very flawed character. He was very he was extremely hurt and he had to protect himself. So he put up that that big bravado, that big front of I'm I'm wealthy. I'm all about me. You guys are just around to keep me busy. When in reality, he's like, I'm lonely. I need my friends around me or I'm going to do something really stupid. And then number two has to be when Barney had a secret family. That's my favorite one. Like, for, I'm just going to jump in on that. That's my favorite one. And I love how he has, like, cold line reads for visits to see his mom. Yeah. Um, that, was, not, that was amazing. You're not getting a, you're not getting a catchphrase. I, I love that one. That's great. And then Ted, in, like, I love what, what caused the downward spiral is Ted falling in love with his fake wife. Yeah, that and was he, pretty good, too. Oh, uh, that, was, that was one of my favorite parts. So that whole thing right there. Make Every Night Legendary was pretty good, too. Like, tonight... Tonight's the night we we start a mariachi band and it would like yeah. jump to a title screen. Yeah. Or tonight's the night we bring a horse to the bar. Yeah. Tonight's he, the night that we steal a camel. And I like that he actually at, at one point produces an actual bro code book. And it's like, it's like this, is the, this is the entire bro code right here. And I was like, oh, crap. They actually wrote it down. Now, do you think they planned that so they could market it? Or do you think it was just an afterthought? I think it was an afterthought. I, I don't even think they originally were going to like do a book until one day they were like, well, what if he actually had it written down because they were doubting the validity of the bro code? Like, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Then, I think marketing is just on point on their popular shows. I think, think they're just, they, they, they just, they're watching along with the show. They're watching demographics. They're, they're watching the, the, um, test screenings and focus groups and they see what's popular and they're like we can turn that into a product so that's why they produced the book yeah because that book came out really quick and yeah, then they well, started putting the bro code episodes at the end of episodes yeah oh yeah the bro uh, the, the bro the code summaries at the end yeah yeah I, actually i thought that was really cool that they did that one of my favorite barney moments is when he explains why daniel-san is not the hero of karate kid <laughs> no he is not the karate kid so i gotta talk about something i gotta talk about something that has always got me about the show is you know a lot of people really like lily's character and if you ask them why they say that she's sweet and she's the perfect wife and all this stuff daniel cross and i were talking about this lily is a manipulative monster oh, oh yeah she she's the classic tale, uh, tale of a manipulative friend. Yeah, she's she's not just that. She's a monster. She's like, how how do they stay friends with her? There. Are, well, I think it's because she can be so sweet and kind. And there and later on in the episode, they have her basically apologize for some of the things she had done and like really humanized her. And the fact that it's like she's not really just a manipulative person. She's just really insecure and she wants things to go her way because they of how her life was growing up but at the same time she was fucking scary it never ends it never ends oh no it, like, it never quit and it, it didn't like she apologized stuff but she kept doing it uh, like when lily beat the shit out of that woman Ma <laughs> uh, marshall worked with oh yeah oh my fuck uh or when she's telling them about how she had got arrested in uh when she was in high school and everything, and they're like, "No, she won't. No, you didn't." And then it cuts to her with like the black hair and and lipstick, dressed all grunge and carrying a baseball bat. Yeah, I have um, to say that um, 
one of my favorite moments on the show is connected to Lily when um, Lily breaks into the liquor store basement to steal the $600 bottle of scotch. It leads to a conversation between Ted and, and, and Barney about how Ted wouldn't go to jail for him. And then he ends up stealing a $600 bottle of scotch for him. Yeah, I oh. thought that was pretty neat. I, I like that. I, I, that's just a touching moment. I like that moment a lot. Yeah, I like that too. Well, I, I, I in general like Allison Hannigan, and I think she's really great. And I loved her character, Lily, and I thought she was really sweet. But there are times where I was like, "Don't, don't murder somebody, please." One of my, one of the things I thought was a funny bit throughout the entire series was when they would drink a little bit too much, or like the conversation just naturally steered that way, where she would be, like it would let it slip, where she has fantasies of being with Robin. She's like, yeah, I, it's, it's they, stupid. So they stupid. They actually closed that plot point with switching it to Robin. Yeah, because they, they actually kiss to try and wake up Barney, and it doesn't work. And Lily's like, oh, yeah, it's over now. Uh, uh, that that That's satisfied. And Robin's like, she's like, yeah, I know. It's, it's stupid. It's so stupid. I like most of the characters. Yeah, me too. I I mean, we didn't talk about Marshall, and he's fantastic. Well, okay. Oh, we did talk about Marshall. We talked about how he beat that guy up. <laughs> oh, he beat it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which was Will Sasso. And they like tried to, to shoehorn him in by saying he had always been there. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I liked it when they did stuff like that. The, yeah. You know what a neat thing about the show was? How things would get switched around in the narrative and there would be mistakes sometimes. But it was okay because it was a story he was telling his kids. So he was really yeah. screwing it up. and. Do you ever notice that anytime people are doing things when Ted's not there, the show gets really outlandish and over the top? Yeah, because it's, it's basically them recapping a story to him, and he's and he's telling a story that was told to him years ago. And like one thing about him getting it wrong is the goat, the birthday goat, and he's like he has this whole episode t- explaining how the explaining like, like the goat the goat was there and it was this and that and it was going to be like this and then at the very end of the episode when you're about to find out what happened with the goat he goes oh wait no that was my thirty I think it was, I think he said thirty third birthday yeah, yeah you have to year. wait you have to wait into the entire next season yeah and then the whole and then he brings it up the next season like number one I was like wow they actually brought it back and they 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 concluded that storyline and then two I was like. Damn, that was, he was right. The goat really was messed up. You know, another thing that was so impressive about that show, Mm. they knew the hell they were going to end it way early on because they recorded the kids. Giving the reaction. Yeah, because those kids were adults. Don't look like that anymore. Yeah, they do not look like that anymore. Yeah, so I was impressed that they they shot that. Like, I was wondering how they were going to do that. Like, I have expected the kids to be adults. Be like, Dad, you told the story forever. There was a certain season where they they cemented the story, um, and I don't know exactly when it was, because they really didn't know who the mother was for a while. They cemented the story after a few seasons. They knew what her name was going to be, though, at the beginning of the series. No, they thought it might even be Robin. Well, no, they did, because if you remember uh, in uh, season one, episode six, I believe it was, they're at a strip club, and Ted starts talking to one of the strippers. No, she says the mom's real name. You're wrong. Because I know the truth. They they really they were gonna the 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 mother could have been Robin. It was a joke. Yeah, it was just a joke. It wasn't true. The um if the show that's how I met your mother was being the stripper and everything, and the kids saying what that was a joke, but what made it believable is they actually said her name. Yeah, but her name ended up being that. But yeah, he said it was a joke. It wasn't the same name. And I remember it being the same name. No, the um 
they were actually going to make the mother Robin if the show got canceled. See, here's the thing. I always thought that I, I, I always knew he was going to end up with Robin, but I didn't know how. Like, I thought it was going to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, your aunt Robin is actually your mom. And like her name being something else, like he just changed the name. But th- that was one of my favorite jokes where he's like the, from season one uh, in season one where he's like, he's all he's like, yeah, oh, hi. I think he said Tracy or something. I can't remember like is if it's the wrong name. I can't remember the mother's name anyway. So I don't care. So like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm Ted. I'm so and so. And he goes, kids. And that's how I met your mother. And they're just like, what? <laughs> I loved that. And he's like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, the thing he, about that, that theory is. If that was her name, that would have been her stripper name. Well, no, because like it was a real moment, and she like, and like it's like her like letting down the shield because of this nice guy, and so she gave like her so she supposedly gave her real name, kind of thing, because they like like it was like one of those moments where he was like, yeah, let the off the air, like I'm not buying. The stripper was named um, Tracy, and the mother's name. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's see. You are correct. The mother's name was Tracy. So I, I will eat crow on that one. No, shut the I, fuck I, up, Michael, for you. I feel a little vindicated. It wouldn't be a nerdy show if I didn't if I didn't adamantly argue something I was wrong on. That's true. This is very true. So, But that all being said, I liked, I liked that joke to boil down. So, so, Brian, we have been, I guess we've been trying this. I, I wasn't on the last episode for this, but we have some listener feedback on this topic. I've been trying this for a long time, and I finally started getting feedback. So, oh. and it's some fantastic feedback. So, I'm I'm actually looking through it on this outline you gave me, and there's actually a lot of good stuff here. So, I'm really I like a lot of the stuff that they have here for this. Um, uh, our listener Holly, I'm jumping into this one right away. Our listener Holly uh, brought up the slap bet. I love the slap bet. I it always it was always so great. Once it started, because it was like you never knew when it was going to happen. And it was always from a comic writing standpoint, it was if they didn't have a punchline in an episode, all they had to do was have Marshall slap Barney. It was like they had five get out of jail free cards or four get out of the jail free cards. Five. I believe it was five. Well, it was five, but the first slap was in the first one. That's true. Well, what I liked was they didn't just let it go and like never use it again. They actually held on to it all the way up to the last season. I think and, it's one of the things that we just love about the show that they they must have had a had a yarn map of connections for the show to be able to write the show so well and keep everything contiguous. The lead writer on the show, they're like, hey, how do you like know how to do like, how do you remember all this stuff? Uh, I have my ways. And then he walks into his house, goes down into his basement. And then there's like that big conspiracy board with the yarn and stuff. Yeah, he's like, like, he just lights a cigarette and he's like, well, how are we going to do this today? <laughs> in the serial killer room. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so Caitlin shared a lot. So um, her favorite episodes are the slutty pumpkin, the that pineapple a- incident, the pilot, the leap, girls versus suits. Her favorite moment was let's go to the mall. Let's go to the mall today. Today. <laughs> um, her favorite quotes were I am vomit free since 93. That's a good one. Challenge accepted. I use that in my everyday language now. This will be legend. Wait for it. Dairy. Stole it. Dairy. <laughs> that was a long pause. I'm just going to edit out yours. <laughs> there are too many yeah. moments I can't choose. 
And she just adds a little afterthought. I really love this show. Those are some great favorite episodes. Slutty Pumpkin and Pineapple Incident are some of mine. Well, um, I love that they when they finally revisited Slutty Pumpkin, that they made the Slutty Pumpkin out to be Katie Holmes. They revealed the pineapple in a deleted scene from the finale. Yeah, where yeah, where he got it from. And then it it was hilarious what actually happened. Yeah, it was from the captain's house. Yep, because it was a sign of uh what was it, respect or welcome. hospitality hospitality of when he when you for them to do that when they first move in and he was drunk <laughs> he stole it when he was drunk and he like the, he doesn't tell the captain because like the captain's like said he would like do something if he found out whoever it was you know what though caitlin i don't remember the leap do you remember the leap i do not Let's um see. how i met your mother the leap Barney asks Ted's permission to pursue Robin, to which he accepts unbeknown to them. Robin overhears them while she is in the room next door. She returns to Lillian Marshall, who recommends she uses the Mosby and tell Barney that she loves him to drive him off. Yeah. I don't well, remember yeah. that. Well, I'm on the wiki. Maybe this will help. It's Ted's 31st birthday, but he's stuck inside a, uh, stuck inside designing a restaurant. Despite Marshall's attempts to get him to leave, Barney finally confesses his feelings to Robin. I still don't remember it. I don't have to watch that one again. I, I'm gonna have to remember, yeah, because I'm having trouble. I remember the hip, the Barney confessing to Robin, but I do not remember the rest of this episode. I'll have to watch it. It says it's season four, episode twenty-four, and vomit free since ninety-three was a lie. Yeah, because he, he's like, oh, because then they tell him he threw up when he was drunk. He goes, wait, I, I'm not vomit free since ninety-three. I'm not vomit free since ninety-three, and uh, it was like he was like vomit three since like I think he said two thousand six or something like that. And he puked in the hallway when he re- when he re-returned. Oh yeah, the re-return, which was good. He did the re-return, and it was uh, Robin's floor mat, wasn't it? Yep, it was Robin's. So, um, girls versus suits was one. Uh, I'm trying to think of that one because there's like two things popping into my mind. That's the one with the musical number. That's what I. That's the first one that came into my head. Yes, you're right. Yeah, with the hot bartender. Yeah, when uh, the one chick said she doesn't date people in suits, and Barney took it as a challenge, so he started wearing regular clothes, and he kind of went a little bit insane, which I thought was really great. And it had, like you said, one of the best musical numbers I have ever seen. I had a little bit of a problem with that episode, because it it bothered me from the beginning when it looked like Barney was going to straight up give up suits for this girl, and it was like he forgot that he lies, and he remembers that he lies at the end. But yeah, it was like, you know, you was it just such a, a distracting thing to try to do? It was just it, it it there were parts of the plot that bothered me, but I got why they did it because they wanted to do that great song. Oh yeah, of course. Well, also one thing I just realized is Girls versus Suits was their 100 100th episode. Oh yeah, that is true. They they did something special for it. So that's probably why that's probably the other reason why they did the big number. And but it the, the big number that was really good. I enjoyed watching that. I thought it was funny. And uh everybody looks good in a suit. That one, that, that that one just makes me happy. Uh our listener Cynthia, she actually uh stays like she has a little bit of a she has a, she says, you know, I really love how I met your mother. Um I'm definitely in the faction that hated the finale. And to say I didn't hate the finale, but I was not happy with it. I liked the first part. Where the second, he, the first he, part where it like does the whole wedding and and they 
and it does the whole wedding and it ends at the after Barney's wedding. But I wasn't really disappointed with how they ended Ted's plot. I was disappointed with Barney and Robin getting divorced. The, there was a meme that came out and it's like, it, it took us an entire season to get y'all together and you broke up in an episode. I mean, I understood why, but the whole thing, I don't, it seemed contrived. I mean, the whole point of it was him trying to find what his true happiness was. And then they redeemed it a bit with the baby, which was nice. I mean, yeah. It was a really sweet scene. It gave it gave Neil Patrick Harris a chance to really show off his acting chops. Oh, yeah. Well, and after a certain point, he's he kind of wanted them to stop writing him. as just this senseless womanizing person and actually give him a little bit of personality in the show. He really wanted to see the character of Barney grow and which they did very well, but while keeping to what he was at the core. And it really made for more interesting storylines and for everything to go well. And I really liked that the whole last season was them leading up to Robin and Barney getting married. And then the final episode basically being a loose and tie up, like seeing where everybody is. It, it did rub me a little bit the wrong way that Barney and Robin, it seemed like they had just like, they fell apart right away, but you got to remember like that episode was years at a time. Well, it's not that. that. It was that they fell apart at all. (laughs) <laughs> after know, everything was, they went through yeah that's yeah true. it was like you wanted them to live happily ever ha- happily ever after everyone did and then they yeah. killed the mother and then and then ted and, Bar- and robin get together it was it was summed up really quick but you know the way well, i kind of viewed it is they use the mom uh, as a red herring to give him the kids that he's talking to the way i kind of view it is the writers are ending the show they could end it any way they wanted. And that was the way they wanted to end it. That's the way they liked how the story ended. They thought that was a more meaningful story. And, you know, good for them. They they wrote a they wrote an ending that they liked because at that point, ratings don't matter because the show's ending. Yeah. So and I can understand that. And the episode, I'm going to say it was a good the episode and the whole season. It was a good was really good. The, the mother dying rubs me the wrong way a little bit because, you know, we spent all this time invested in getting to that point and finding her and hoping they live together. But and then she passes away. It makes this it feels like a slap in the face, but it shows a finale that I think everybody kind of expected that was going to happen anyway, which is him getting that another, getting that other chance with Robin, getting to be with Robin. So yeah, Cynthia, we totally understand why you hate the ending. It's like they pooped all over our hopes and dreams. Yeah. Um, well, that, that being said, uh, my wife to this day has, will refuses to rewatch the series. I think a lot of the reasons I was actually reading an article about it, that a lot of people were disappointed because they thought the show was about the mother when really the show was about Ted. Yeah, the show was completely about Ted and his journey through life. And some people speculate that the only reason why he told his kids the story of how he met his mother was to try and get their approval on him going for a, uh, another shot with Robin. Thank you, C- Cynthia, for that. I mean, we could talk about the finale for an entire episode. Well, I'm going to yes, move on to Kelly. Once again, I love how I met your mother. To me, the show was amazing at continuity and handling big topics with keeping the air light. Also, I read an article once where someone asked how they played such good friends. They all replied that it was because they were best friends. Yeah, they they ended up like like they met on the pilot, didn't they? And they all ended up liking each other. Yeah, they got along really well, um, especially um, um, Jason Siegel and and um, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, they they if I remember they still hang out 
to this day. Um, because of how much I loved it, she goes on. The okay. finale was such a letdown. So yeah, but I we yeah the the finale was a letdown in multiple ways. Yeah. I mean, we're being positive about things we liked about it, but yeah, it was it was a poop finale. Yeah, it, it it was a it was a big letdown in how it was. It actually had the spinoff of How I Met Your Father canceled. It got canceled. They were going to do a spinoff, and it was going to be the mother and her friends leading up to Ted, and they canceled it. You know what? I really liked How Your Father Met Me episode. I thought that was great. I love the parallels. Yeah, that was a good episode. I love how they paralleled an episode with the continuity of the entire show. I mean, that must have been really hard to do. Especially the fitting scenes within scenes thing. Yeah. Give the give the video editors some credit. So that yeah. that has got to be the end of how I met your mother. Because as we both know, Anthony's not here. But guess what, Michael? We still get to do explaining a movie badly because listener Alice H mentioned to me that she has not seen Titanic. She hasn't. No. So we're going to take a little bit of a stab at explaining the entire plot of Titanic explained badly. This will include spoilers explained badly. You want to start? You want to lead this off? Why don't you give a bit and then I'll do a bit and we'll like trade back and forth. So it, this movie starts out like a hundred, like over a hundred years ago in like 1912. And there are these dudes who are trying to get on the ship that they think is going to be like their whole new lease on life. And um, they get on the ship, and um, it's a big-ass ship called the Titanic that can't sink. Um, but then a whole bunch of crap happens where, where the ship leaves, and he ends up saving a rich girl from trying to kill herself, who she's not happy being rich for who knows what God reason. Yeah. She's super rich and hates her life. And she saves her, and he shows her this like lower-deck lifestyle where they all party and stuff. And but and so she gets along with the poor people just fine in steerage. Um, but um, she, he doesn't get along with the rich people at all, except for Kathy Bates, because she's awesome. And she plays the unsinkable Molly Brown. And, yeah, which uh, and, I, I love um, part. and the lookalike for the bad guy from the mummy is the bad guy. He played the lookalike. No, no. Um, Billy Zane looks just like Arnold Vosloh. Yeah, they look a lot alike. Yeah. So. So, yeah. So the mummy who for some reason has hair and no mummy powers is is actually a real douchebag. And he gets like this really expensive like jewel and he like gives it to her. And he's like, this is what's going to make you love me. And, and then, um, then, then what's your name? Uh, then, then Leonardo DiCaprio paints her naked. And then they do stuff in a car, like with this handprint thing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they have sex so hard. It leaves a handprint on the window. Yeah. And that, that poor car, then the ship sinks and, um, and, For some um, reason, her ass doesn't let him on the giant door. Yeah, she's 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 um she's really like takes up all this space on this giant door. So he sinks into the ocean and dies. Then it flashes forward to her being old in the future, and then she throws a diamond off a ship for no reason. And for and uh, for some reason, Bill Paxton is a relevant part of this whole story, and he is like, oh my gosh, that jewel. Yep, that's the whole movie. Want to see it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's actually a deleted scene where they catch her doing it yeah um that really sucked lady <laughs> <laughs> and like he just starts laughing really hard like that was the whole reason why i was here i so. i you know it was like the laugh was gonna follow a murder or be before proceed a murder 
<laughs> and like he's like that kind of laugh. Like he laughs so hard, and then like I half expected that scene to end with him pushing her over the rail. Like he's so, like. <laughs> <laughs> so I got so this week I got coming up. I got my niece again. I I looked. I you know all I really know is we're going to be going to the beach again. We're trying to play it fast and loose with plans. I looked into taking her to um, Warner Brothers Studios. Yeah, it's sixty bucks a person for a three-hour tour. That's better than I thought it would be. Yeah, I might plan it for the future, but I mean, for sixty bucks, I can take us both to the water park. That sounds like a lot of fun. That'd be good. Yeah. And it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be warm this coming week. So, um, what about you? What's going on with you? For me, uh, I'm. We're going to be going out with a couple friends today. You know, try and just have like a relaxing more uh, morning and maybe noon at time before I have to go to work tonight. Next week. I believe I have a weird work schedule, but uh, it's I have a family reunion to go to. Cool. Yeah, I know we're we're all getting up at the crack of dawn to record again so we can do our next episode. It'll be awesome. I might actually also uh, end up seeing Wonder Woman that same day as the reunion because a friend of ours birthday is actual Father's Day. So she, she wants to see a movie for her birthday. So we might actually like go see the record. So I might record our next episode, go see Wonder Woman and then go to a family reunion. That sounds good. Yeah. So but we haven't fully decided that part yet. So um, listeners, if you want to reach us to leave this kind of feedback and be mentioned in the episode, you know, just um, give suggestions or anything like that. Uh, like if you want to suggest a movie we explain badly, you can do that on the Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page. Or you can email brian.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com or mike.nerdpodcastradio at gmail.com. Or you can reach us on Twitter at SuperVeganBrian, at NerdcasterMike, and at NerdcastRadio. Please review us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it. We have a whopping three views, but over 100 listeners every week. So please leave us a review. We would love to hear what you think about us. So, yep, that's everything that we got going on. And this is the information. If you guys want to tweet at me or get a hold of me on my email, I will respond. I'm not like Anthony. I do check my emails. Probably not as much as I should, but I do. Brian, I got to say, talking about How I Met Your Mother actually gave me a lot of closure on how much that finale hurt. And let me talk about some of my favorite things. There's probably going to be a ton of stuff I think of to talk about later on and probably shoehorn it into somewhere down the road. But. All I can say is the show is really good and it, it gave me some, something to watch. And it was a real connection point for me and my wife because it was really one of the first sitcoms her and I actually liked together because then we discovered Big Bang Theory. I didn't discover Big Bang Theory until way down the road. So it was so and that was another show that I really liked that I didn't realize was there. But How I Met Your Mother, there was so much that went on. Uh, hopefully one day I can get my wife to binge it with me again because the, because of the finale and how hurt she was, she will not. Thank you, Michael's wife, for sharing her very faint opinion of the big bang theory in the background <laughs> yeah this was a good i like talking about I, i'm sad anthony wasn't here to to talk with us but i'm glad you and i at least got to cover it because this was an ep- topic i was really liking to i was really like liked to talk about i really wanted to talk about it i'm probably gonna go watch more big bang theory <laughs> later on not big bang theory uh how i met your mother now i'm thinking about big bang theory too maybe that'll be an episode i doubt it though no but, we do totally do a big bang theory episode we can talk about geek blackface <laughs> yeah so but this was fun i had a really great time talking about it uh and brian thank you for talking about it with me and oh you're very welcome 
<laughs> Everybody, you know, this is the wrap up. So this has been been Nerd Podcast Radio. I've been your host, Special Mikey. Along with me is Super Vegan Brian. Shut the fuck up, Michael. There it is. <laughs> now we can close the episode. And uh, kids, that's how I met your mother. So, and as always, stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay and stay awesome. awesome. Yeah, Brian, uh, Anthony, say goodbye, Brian. Come off. Bye. Oh,